Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for the Halloween one, also known as the Signed Venus Halloween Special. This special was put together in less than two weeks, and we are very proud to be sharing it with you now. We think you'll find it a lot of fun. Before we get to that, though, we want to answer some questions you might have about part two. As we all know, the whole global pandemic thing has thrown a wrench or two into even the best laid plans. In Signed Venus's case, we do like to think that our plans are quite well laid, but we've been impacted by the effects of the pandemic as much as anyone else has. Between chaotic work schedules, battling illness, and taking care of other responsibilities, we've chosen to slow down Part 2's production to accommodate the needs of everyone in our cast and crew. Part 2 is in development, and it's coming along great, but it's also coming slowly, and for those reasons, we can't announce a release date just yet. You'll get a trailer with that when we're ready. In the meantime, we've upped our social media game and have been producing loads of bonus content about the different characters and locations in Signed Venus, including this Halloween special, which is set in Sare, the next destination on Hayden and Cameron's list. You can follow us at at Signed Venus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr for all that fun stuff. Thanks for sticking with us, and we can't wait to see you on the road again. Now, without further ado, this show is called Signed Venus, and it's mine as much as it is anyone else's. I'm supposed to publish this with. It is silly, isn't it, Simsim? I tried to say that it could maybe be the work in progress title, but apparently this is on brand. Well, I'm the publisher. So, I get the final say. Sign Venus is both our story, after all. I guess we should just get into it, then. There has to be a better title in here somewhere. At the end of my last entry, I said that, once and for all, I was gonna get myself to leave Sare at last. You have to understand, the place is hypnotic, and while a party every night might make some of you bristle and insist that's not your thing, once you're sucked in, it feels like a shame to leave it behind. But I was going to leave, honest, until I realized it was October 22nd. So, the next day, I dragged my yawning, worn-down bones out of bed and left to the library, where a woman with a frozen Barbie smile politely told me that, yes, 
Halloween is a thing here, which I took to be zombie speak for a big honking thing. And that's when I knew that I couldn't go. Not yet. Readers, you will not believe how right on the money I was about that. I finally managed to pack my stuff back up because I know that after last night, I've seen all the fun this town's got to offer a drooling, starstruck tourist. Let me tell you about the best Halloween movie I've ever seen. A movie? That's it? You're thinking. But while your lack of faith in me hurts, it won't convince me to share any spoilers. I want you to take a walk with me down Halloween Street. The affectionate nickname the night locals have for Daisy Road when it's all made up for one weekend in October, and where all the spookiest parties find a home. Halloween Street. Not a very creative name. Still better than the Halloween one, though. I'm surprised the writer doesn't want to just call it that. <laughs> There's one thing I love about Sarah. It's their commitment to magic. But more specifically, tricks. Their fascination with lights on, lights off dynamics. A real, fundamental exploration of why you don't light fireworks against a sunny sky. I loved magic tricks too, growing up. I dreamt of traveling the world, showing off sleights of hand, and the illusion of walking on water. What I wanted more than anything was to make something out of nothing. To have an idea and bring it to life from thin air. I realized they don't teach you that in magic school. So I pursued a career change. And Sarah though, I think they would get it. You put on a mask and become someone new. Every unassuming building is transformed into a world of its own. Forever a fan of irony, though, this Halloween, I ended up going as something fairly close to myself. Walking down Halloween Street was like being a kid in a candy store. Not the kid who walks in with their generous and doting grandmother. The kid who's given specific instructions that they can only pick one to take home. Sarah has a lot of nighttime to get through, but these Halloween parties are the real deal. I knew I wouldn't be quitting one in the middle. As I'm peeking through the doors of haunted skyscrapers and trick-or-treat bonanzas, a hand accompanied by long red claws grips my arm. <laughs> I start, and in a low voice that's somehow strong enough to cut through the crowds, a woman whose eyes are completely obscured by a black mask with tiny red hearts dotting swirls up her temples, to 
tells me that the building with the deep arches and the pointed windows is where I can go to get bit. If I stood there any longer, I'm sure she would have bypassed the invitation and just gone straight for my neck. But this candy shop was stocked with too many distractions. The one that stole me away from the vampiric temptress was a cinema marquee that read, Exclusive Halloween Premiere. This film didn't seem to have a title, but the crowds couldn't get enough, or so was the impression I got from the ticket sale lineup trailing down the street. Three things in life will always draw me in. Vintage pop culture, the fear of missing out, and french fries. And this place was ticking off at least two of those boxes. I scurried into line and asked the ghoul in front of me what's so special about this party. You don't know? He laughed. Where have you been every Halloween, buddy? You look way too old for this to be your first time. I was completely unbothered by this peculiarly short man's assessment of my age. He reached up to throw a blue arm around my shoulder. I leaned down so he wouldn't feel embarrassed. Always so insecure. This here's the biggest Halloween party in town, he said. The murder mystery. Now readers, let me explain something to you. For all the time I'd spent in Zare, it never occurred to me that a murder mystery party might be the type of scene one could attend here. For all of Sayre's wild thrills and hedonism, I never imagined the simple childhood wish I'd had, watching movies on the TV where people in funny hats stumble around someone's living room and pretend to be detectives, would be fulfilled here. And in a cinema, no less. As the line crept slowly forward, the ghoul did something no one I'd met in Sare had ever done before. He started to tell me about his childhood. Most of Sare's partygoers live exclusively in the moment. Anything that happened before they materialized in a mask, pointedly forgotten and left for dead. But this man was different. This man had something to brag about. You know, I've been to this party before once, he said. Well, sort of. You could say that I went to the better version. While the nighttime masquerades are adult-only affairs, Sayre's grown-ups elected to solve their childcare problem by having older teens look after their little ones at night. A truly terrible idea by any normal person's standards, but then we aren't the ones who get to party every evening till the sun comes up, so what do we know? The ghoul explained that the host for these parties never had any shortage of ambition, demoing future masquerade ideas as birthday parties for the kids. I could see where this was going, and interrupted to say that six-year-olds solving a murder mystery seemed a little intense to me. The ghoul just laughed. 
You don't know what this host is like. Nothing is too intense. By the time we got to the front of the line, I was sure there was no way we could actually make it in. But the host knew their party was hot stuff and cleared three floors of the cinema for this. My ticket came with a theater number, a description of my role, and the words not guilty in a flourish across the bottom, which I swiftly traded with another attendee who made the mistake of saying scriptwriter out loud. This Halloween, I was going to be myself. Or... closer to myself than Support Actor 2 would have been. So... Simpson. I don't really know what murder mystery parties are all about, but... Isn't that cheating? At least the card didn't say guilty. My new ticket explained that I was attending the premiere of a film I wrote the script for. I was feeling anxious about it, since I was fresh blood in the field, and my reputation rested on how well audiences took to the story. It was a bumpy road to release, the director couldn't decide on a vision, and in the end, he made me scrap all the dialogue I'd written for the film in favor of a more artistic product. I knew at once that this was the right role for me. I take my dialogue very seriously. Probably not enough to kill someone, but maybe enough to make people think that I would. I walked into a room of monsters. The ghoul was here, playing the head of costume design. We sat together with an alien, who was the composer, and a witch, playing our collective enemy, the indecisive director. Adding some spice to the dynamic was an ex-co-director, played by a woman dressed up as a scorpion, who had quit the production due to creative differences, but was invited back for the premiere. The row in front of us was occupied by the actors. A clown and an avocado were the leads and the six supporting actors consisted of a ladybug, an angel, an ice cube, a hot dog, a fairy, and the queen of spades. What can I say? We were a diverse bunch of tricksters. Commercials were already playing on the screen with a projector, and I was amused to see that they were silent using dialogue cards. Looks like the travel taboo started before Sarah got the memo about movies with sound. The director explained to us that the audience would show up soon, but that the storm outside was causing problems with the power. The witch stood tall, but behind her cobweb-covered mask, her eyes were darting back and forth. The rest of us threw ourselves into the work of getting in character. Ghoul, on my left, muttered to me that he couldn't wait for this to be over so he wouldn't have to see the clown or avocado again. 
It seems the two lead actors had gone through a messy breakup halfway through production, and our poor ghoulish friend never heard the end of it. The alien composer and I agreed that the avocado and clown were annoying, but just as I started to say the incompetent director was partly to blame, theater was dark. The dim light coming from the screen, still playing, wasn't enough that we could see each other. Then, ah! What's happening? Someone cried. The lights came back up. It was a bit hard to tell the fake blood from the fake ketchup. But, we quickly figured out that the hot dog was dead. Hot dog! Hot dog! Panic spread through the room. Oh no! Poor hot dog! The ladybug put a hand over her heart. They were one of the few real sweethearts on this whole production, too! Now hold on a second, said the ghoul. Where's the director? The witch was missing. After a long silence, the ice cube stammered. Uh, think she's the one who... The theater doors opened, and the witch walked back in, letting them slam behind her. Her head drooped toward the floor. A detective is on the way, she told us. We have instructions to remain here until their arrival. I glanced up and noticed the commercials had ended, but something was still happening on the wall. When I first found out that all the roles in this game were a casting crew for a film, I assumed the host would have the projector stop as part of the power outage, since, obviously, there was no real film. But the host had a more inventive solution, it turns out. On the screen was a live video feed of us, sitting in that very theater, wearing our Halloween costumes. This was the movie. Hold up, the angel broke our silence. If we're stuck in this stupid theater, doesn't that mean we're trapped in with the murderer? Murderer? The director exclaimed. Now, that's a bit of a premature conclusion. How could you possibly presume that Hot Dog was murdered? Lights were out again. Everyone shrieked. Except me, of course. But there was only one blood-curdling scream. When the lights came back up, the witch was dead. Guess that answers her question. I observed solemnly. Great, the scorpion said. How, how could anyone do this? Cried the fairy, and the queen of spades rolled her eyes. Isn't it obvious? She said. It must be one of us. Like, why hot dog? The clown, one of the lead actors, covered her face. And the witch, too? That's way too cruel. Don't act like you're sad about the director, the angel spoke up. She was a menace. Hot Dog didn't deserve to die, but if I had the guts, 
I'd probably kill that witch myself for all those unpaid retakes. <clears throat> Sorry. Got a little too in character. I'm sorry, but how can you say that? Fairy politely demanded, but the angel just shrugged. Is now really the time for this? Complained the alien composer. Sorry to remind you guys, since it's a huge pain, but two people are dead. And the one who killed them is in this room with us. There was silence for a moment. But then, the ice cube jumped up and ran for the door. The Queen of Spades went with them, and the two support actors rattled the door. Like, no offense, but you know no one's actually dying, right? The clown asked them. Never heard of acting, Miss Colead? The ice cube rolled their eyes. Anyway, we're stuck here. If those lights go out again, that means... The costume designing ghoul said nervously. It means someone else is going to die, the avocado said. Painfully and in the dark. If they killed the witch... You two are probably next. The angel gave a pointed look to the avocado, who rolled their eyes, and the clown, who recoiled exaggeratedly. True, the queen of spades agreed. The two of you were absolutely insufferable to work with after your melodramatic separation. This is why lead actors shouldn't date, the ice cube nodded. Now, I'm not saying those two didn't make me mad as hell, said the ghoul. Especially with all the complaining they did anytime I was fixing their makeup or doing their hair. It was a hard time, okay? The clown shouted. And like, the witch changing everything on us every five seconds? was totally not helping. So now we deserve to die just because we vented our feelings to the people we were supposed to be able to call our friends. Avocado droned. What does that say about society? Vented is a generous way to describe how you two constantly hampered production said the Queen of Spades. Ken, can you all quit arguing? shouted the fairy, who, for all his politesse, was apparently lacking in patience. Hate to say it, but I agree with the fairy, the ice cube said. The witch wasn't really my best friend forever, but I'm pretty sure stopping the killer in the room's a little more important than that. The alien composer sighed. Plus, we don't have any reason to assume they'll only kill people who deserve it. Actually, we already know they don't. The angel narrowed their eyes suspiciously. Hey, ex-director, you've been pretty quiet, haven't you? The scorpion crossed her arms. 
And let me guess, you think quiet is suspicious because you've never been that a day in your life. Genius. What did you say? Angel started, but Ghoul cut them off. Well, you hate all of us, the ghoul pointed out to the scorpion. You dropped out of production before things even got real bad. The scorpion snorted. Believe it or not, just because I wasn't here for what sounds like a touching breakup story, it doesn't mean I want to kill the rest of you. Who else would kill Hot Dog? The angel demanded. They were a goody-goody who wouldn't even gossip on lunch breaks. They must have been exactly your type then, the scorpion retorted. Hey, why is there rope back here? The ice cube asked, holding up four long strips in their fists from behind the last row of the theater. The fairy jumped up. Ice cube, th that's perfect. We could, we could use that to, um, tie up the suspects so they can't kill anyone when the lights are down. Tie up? The ladybug asked nervously. Doesn't that seem a touch excessive? The fairy leaned down to gently touch her arm. S Sorry, I know it sounds like that, he said. But I was thinking, it won't kill them, and, and it'll keep the rest of us safe until we can leave. But it was too late. was dead. Hey, now that's cheating! The ghoul shouted bitterly. We didn't even get the chance to- Well, why don't we all just keep on taking our sweet time then? The scorpion cut him off. You want to tie me up because I'm the ex-director? Fine. Just stop sitting around doing nothing. If you don't mind, I interjected. Everyone turned to look at me. I thought it'd be worth it to mention that I've been watching the clock and I noticed something I think you'll all find very interesting. Out with it, the angel snapped. Hey. Don't rush the storyteller, I said. When the lights went out the first time, it was 12.30, the start of the premiere. And? The Queen of Spades folded her arms. But the second time, I happened to take a look and it was one o'clock, I said. Now, what do you make of that? I'm thinking that if you don't get to the point, I hope the killer picks you next, said the not-so-angelic angel. <laughs> You're pretty mouthy for a support actor, I exclaimed. Don't you dare. Guys, the fairy interrupted, and we both looked at him. Please, continue. Well, I said, I just couldn't help but notice that now it's 1.34. So, you mean to tell us, the ladybug said slowly, the lights go out every half an hour... And you've been smirking to yourself about this for the last five minutes? 
the angel growl. I was about to respond when the avocado shouted, Hey, I know you repressed little vultures have probably never let yourselves express an emotion in your lives, but don't you give even a bit of a damn that clown just died? Why do you? The queen of spades rolled her eyes. All I've assimilated from your endless whinging throughout production was that you loathe her for being the very image of how modern day in consideration is rotting culture. I did hate clown, Avocado admitted, but she still mattered. She was a life. Well, you can't say I didn't warn you, the angel shrugged. Don't be surprised if you're next. Are you guys just going to keep letting Angel say things like that? The scorpion asked. I'm suspicious because I quit the show. But the one who hasn't stopped saying how badly they want to kill us all is clearly much more innocent. Angel wouldn't do that, said the Queen of Spades. Oh, I'm so surprised the one who's been agreeing with everything they say would think that, the scorpion snorted. Now, fellas, I'm thinking it could be Avocado, the ghoul suggested. They're the one who had the most conflicts with the clown. Maybe killing poor Hot Dog and the Witch was supposed to throw us off. Right, yeah, because that makes so much sense, Avocado growled. Would you listen to yourself? I'm the only one showing any respect for Clown's death. Well, it does reek a bit of overcompensation, the alien composer yawned. We know you hate Clown. You don't have to be so over the top. Uh, I don't know, the fairy hesitated. Avocado may have said those things because Clown's actions were hurtful, but, but Avocado really loved Clown. Avocado coughed, embarrassed. Thanks, fairy. I'm still not buying it, said Ice Cube. Well, not to cause any alarm, I sidled in. But I do think you'd probably like to know that it is 1.56. We don't have time for this, Angel shouted. Well, maybe it'd be worth tying up Avocado just to be on the safe side. Ladybug suggested nervously. I certainly don't think Avocado would do that to a poor soul, but we'll know for sure if, when the lights go out, we don't find another one of our beloveds dead. That is, of course, unless... I started. Angel and the Queen of Spades looked like they wanted to snap my neck, so I continued quickly. Unless they're working with an accomplice. An accomplice? Fairy said nervously. It's 1.58, I said. I- that's it. Ice Cube ran over with the rope. I'm not waiting anymore. We're tying Avocado up for now, and we'll work out what to do after. That's if you boneheads aren't dead because I never killed anyone, Avocado insisted pointlessly as Angel and Ice Cube tied them into the theater chair. This time, when the lights came up, only nine of us remained. 
The alien composer, the ghoul costume designer, and myself were still standing as members of the crew, with the Scorpion ex-director alive and well in our row. But the fairy, ladybug, angel, and queen of spades had lost their fellow support actor, the ice cube. And Avocado, the lead actor we'd tied up, had been turned into... Guacamole. No. Avocado! The fairy shrieked. Ice. Ice cube. Angel stammered. Ice cube! They killed Ice cube! Oh my god, said the queen of spades, and Angel grabbed onto her arm for support. Avocado, dear, I am so sorry, Ladybug whispered. I thought tying you up would... would protect you. It's not your fault, said the fairy, putting an arm around Ladybug's shoulder. Mm-hmm, said the scorpion ex-director. I seem to recall it being... Angel's fault. And ice cubes, but pointing that out now seems a little... And what exactly do you think you're implying? The Queen of Spades asked dangerously. Not that they're guilty, obviously. Scorpion shot back. Why would I think that? Well... Angel was standing closest to both of them, the ghoul costume designer said slowly. Ice Cube was our friend, said the Queen of Spades. Angel would never- If the killer were me, I would have gone for the scriptwriter, Angel declared. Ouch, I said. Or the scorpion, Angel continued. After the director, avocado, and clown, those two are the most irritating. Well, that could be the very reason you killed Ice Cube, the alien composer said noncommittedly. Throw us off your trail, get someone everyone thinks you definitely wouldn't kill. The masks weren't making this game any easier. I like to consider myself fairly learned in the art of facial expressions, but Angel's was completely covered by a white mask marbled with gold. Perhaps Angel is being framed, the Queen of Spades suggested. We could try tying him up just in case, the ghoul started, and the Queen of Spades glowered at him. Oh, as we did with Avocado? Absolutely not. <laughs> because it's your decision to make, of course, Scorpion rolled her eyes. It isn't yours either, said Angel. And right now, it looks to me like you really want me dead. Why don't we put it to a vote, friends? I suggested. You seem to be enjoying this, the angel said bitterly. I'm sorry, but why do we have to tie anybody up? The fairy asked. It seems like it just puts them in danger. It only puts them in danger if they're innocent, said the alien composer. It's a drag, but as long as we get the right person this time, that won't be much help if there's an accomplice, I reminded everyone. Well, could we check their tickets? Ladybug asked. 
and we looked at her incredulously. Then there'd be no game, Ghoul said, breaking character, and the ladybug continued quickly. I don't mean all of us, of course, only the ones who are dead, to double check if they were in cahoots with an accomplice. The dead witch waved her hand. <laughs> yes, the host said that isn't against the rules. Hey, go back to being dead, Angel said. <laughs> Avocado, Ice Cube, Hot Dog, and the witch's cards all said not guilty. But we only had 10 minutes before the lights went out again we decided to put it to a vote. Ladybug and the fairy abstained. The queen of spades and angel voted for Scorpion. Scorpion, the ghoul, and the alien voted for angel. And I voted for the alien for a change of pace. Hey, what'd I ever do to you? The alien composer demanded. Don't worry so much, my extraterrestrial friend, I said. It's not like they're going to tie you up. Angel was put in the chair. You will regret this, Queen of Spades warned us. Thanks for sticking up for me, said the angel. And the Queen of Spades held their hand. Angel was dead, and so was the ghoul. Ghoul! I despaired. Friendly with the costume designer, were we? The alien asked suspiciously. I met him in line outside, I admitted. I felt like I knew him. Queen of Spades searched Angel for their ticket. Not guilty, she spat. We'd better check the ghoul, the alien composer said. If ghoul was one of the killers, I get the feeling it'd be a little counterproductive to kill him, I pointed out. And Ladybug confirmed that he was innocent. <sighs> well, aren't we just stellar detectives? The scorpion sighed. And who's to blame for that? The Queen of Spades demanded, turning to the rest of us. Is it not glaringly obvious to you all that Scorpion's the killer? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Accusing Angel was my idea and not the composer's, said the scorpion. You agreed with Alien with no objections. It was so convenient to have a suspect that would deflect attention away from you. Maybe we should all just calm down a little, said the fairy. Ladybug was clinging to his arm. Oh, I haven't the faintest idea what to think, Ladybug moaned. Yes, you're just so innocent, aren't you, said the scorpion. Obviously, if you just cry and complain enough, no one will notice that you go with the flow on every decision. Ladybug wouldn't hurt a fly, Fairy said softly. You would know, wouldn't you? The scorpion condescended. Scorpion, I said. Why do I feel like you're just accusing everyone? Mm-hmm. We should take that real serious from the person who voted 
alien for no reason. Scorpion scoffed. Yeah, I still don't get what that was all about. The alien complained. I knew you folks wouldn't tie alien up based on my one vote. I dismissed them. I didn't think Angel or Scorpion was guilty, but I wanted to play fair and square and put a vote down. Well, won't you please enlighten us on who you do think is guilty then, since you are such an intellectual, the Queen of Spades snapped. I haven't got a clue. The Queen of Spades rolled her eyes. Angel's sentiments were correct. I hope they take you out next. I smiled at her. Golly, there's only five minutes left on the clock. Ladybug gasped. That's... that's not nearly enough time. Fairy lamented. I'm voting for the script writer. Scorpion declared. Me too. The alien said, even if you're not guilty, I don't care. You're confusing everyone. Such a bother. <laughs> I should die for being a bother? I laughed. The ladybug looked at us nervously. I think I'm going to vote for the scorpion, she said. She does seem to be accusing people randomly. The fairy agreed leaving myself and the Queen of Spades, who gave me a withering look behind the eyes of her mask. My vote is on the scorpion, she said, but I find you repulsive. I shrugged and decided to vote for the alien again, since the Queen of Spades had graciously chosen to save me. He growled, but we tied up the scorpion. Doesn't this seem a bit too easy? She asked, but... <laughs> Ladybug, the alien, the fairy, and I looked at each other. Scorpion was dead. And so was the Queen of Spades. Those poor souls, they were both innocent, Ladybug mourned. It's gotta be the scriptwriter, the alien said decisively. Who, me? I asked. You're the one who keeps going with random votes. Actually, I only remember ever voting for you, I pointed out. Uh-huh. Randomly. Was it random, though? I asked. You seem a little touchy. Well, darling, you did narrowly avoid being voted out in the last round. Ladybug said nervously. And you're the one who had the accomplice suggestion. How could you have known about that? I watch a lot of movies. I shrugged. But I can't help but notice that the last time we tied someone up for random accusations, they were innocent. Now, hear me out. The alien sighed. Only four of us are still standing. When those lights go out, if we tie up the wrong guy, there'll only be two of us left. And if that happens, the killer wins, since the last happy dove can't stop them. Game over. Which means this is our last chance to nail the right monster. But what happens if there's two killers? 
If this game's got two guilty souls, the ladybug said, then even if we do tie one of them up, the other one wins. Game over, I agreed. Which means, to be on the safe side, we gotta tie up two little rascals. Two people? The fairy asked. But what if one's innocent and the other's guilty? Game over, I said again, this time with a shrug. At least we'll know we had a fair shot. Well, I still think you're guilty, the alien lazed. And I don't think we should be taking our suggestions from you. What's the harm if I'm working alone? But why on earth would you volunteer to be tied up? Ladybug asked. Oh, I'm not volunteering, I said. I'm very much innocent. The only one here that I hated was the director. But they burnt that witch already. I'm a writer because I'm profoundly lazy. If the pen's truly mightier than the sword, I get way better results just killing you guys on the page. That's as good as a confession, the composer drawled. The alien wants to... sap me out of the galaxy over a joke. I said, why so defensive? Based on that, I want to vote for them. Hey, how's that any different from me suspecting you? The alien complained. Well, for one thing, other people actually agree with me. The Queen of Spades didn't, I reminded them. But anyway, if we're thinking of people who've been buddy-buddy up until now, the fairy and the ladybug have been cozy since the start of the game. But we, we don't even know for sure that the killer has an accomplice, the fairy said. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's something you made up, isn't it? But if I'm right, then the killers get off without a scar, the ladybug said. She looked at the other two. Ladybug? The fairy asked. Well, if the scriptwriter's guilty, why in good heavens would they even mention the accomplice? She asked. This round would have been lost either way. To try to confuse us, the alien insisted. But wouldn't that be pulling one over on their partner? The ladybug asked. <laughs> you don't think the scriptwriter would do that? The alien snorted. Well, that could be the case, said the ladybug. How about this? We'll tie up the scriptwriter, but why don't we good people vote for one more person anyway? just to be safe. Who would you pick? The alien sputtered, looking between the fairy and the ladybug. You, you suspect me? The fairy asked, hurt. Well, I'm trying to figure that out, sweetie, the ladybug said. The alien narrowed their eyes. I'd vote for you, ladybug. If the scriptwriter's got an accomplice, like he's been saying, then it's gotta be you, given the... all of this. That's a vote for me, the ladybug said. Come on, fairy, honey, go ahead. The fairy looked between me and the ladybug, and gave a long stare to the alien. After a pause, he said, I'd... I'd vote for the alien. 
Me? The alien asked, swinging around in shock. I'm sorry, said the fairy, but I know Ladybug would never kill anyone. I hope she'll see that I'm innocent too. The Ladybug looked over at me. I nodded at her. My vote's on the fairy and the alien, the ladybug said. Me too, I agreed. The fairy looked between us, nervously. You... you're making a mistake, he said. We've only got five more minutes, said the ladybug. There's three votes for alien... Two for the fairy and the scriptwriter, and only one for me. It seems I've got to tie the three of you up. Fine by me, I said. Wait, the fairy cried. If... if you are the scriptwriter's accomplice, then... It's too late, sweetheart, the ladybug said and she tied the three of us to our chairs. We all looked at each other. The scriptwriter could still be guilty solo, the fairy insisted, but the alien was laughing. Good game, they said. You sure gave us a hard time. Come on, said the fairy, but our dead frenemies were all standing up and congratulating us. Maybe the scriptwriter and the alien were in cahoots. Your acting was amazing, fairy, the ladybug said. I never would have imagined it was you. Until you did, said the queen of spades. I knew the fairy couldn't be that innocent, the angel interjected. Well, (laughs) well, it was all thanks to the scriptwriter. The ladybug definitely said. (sighs) Come on, you're giving me too much credit. I waved my hand. Like, there's one thing I still don't get, though, said the clown. I mean... Why were the composer and his support actor even working together anyway? Oh, the alien said. I thought Fairy should be the lead of the show since you and Avocado were such disasters. I nearly had my moment, too, Fairy said good-humoredly. We were all buzzing as we left the cinema. I don't know if it was Sarah's magic or Halloween's that made this night stand out. For all of Sarah's transience and anonymity, this was the first time that I'd really felt a connection to the other partygoers. Like we had something to offer each other, besides a dance or a conversation partner. I know I said at the beginning of this entry that my stuff was packed and I'm leaving tomorrow once and for all, but I spent the whole day writing this out for you readers, and so I think I'll go to one more party before morning. It probably won't be as eventful as the cinema on Halloween Street, but after spending the night with Ladybug Scorpion and the Queen of Spades, I feel hopeful that I might still meet someone here who's worth remembering. Seriously? 
We're supposed to believe that at the last second it was suddenly clear who to suspect and the writer magically solved it all? It doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't the game just end once they were down to four players? And how did the writer know there were only two killers? It could have been fairy, alien, and ladybug altogether. I'm glad we're on the same page about this, SimSim. Still don't really know what to call the chapter. Halloween Street seems like an exaggeration since it only talks about one party. Maybe we should call it The Writer Tries to Sound Cooler Than They Are Again, Halloween Edition. It's a work in progress. I think... The more important question is... How am I supposed to draw this without it looking completely ridiculous? They couldn't tell the fake ketchup from the fake blood? Halloween one. I guess it'll do. Thank you for listening to Signed Venus, the Halloween one. Signed Venus was created and written by Reese Patterson and Serena Rahad. This episode was written by Serena Rahad based on a story created and developed by Serena Rahad and Reese Patterson. This episode featured the voice of Serena Rahad as Mira. Original music by Reese Patterson. This episode featured the song Mysterious Vacation by Mimics on Pixabay, as well as Bad Ideas, Clean, Comic Plotting, The Bandit, Keystone Deluge, Evil Plans, Circus Waltz, and Dark Hallway by Kevin McLeod. Audio editing by Reese Patterson and Serena Hod. If you'd like to help support the production of Signed Venus, you can donate to the show at ko-fi.com slash signedvenus. That's ko-fi.com slash signedvenus, all one word. Thank you so much. Your support means the world to us. To stay up to date with the latest Sign Venus news, follow us at Sign Venus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. You can also sign up for email updates, learn more about the show, access episode and trailer transcripts, and find fun stuff like quizzes and playlists on our website at signvenus.com. Finally, as the weather's getting colder, we want to encourage everyone to donate to your local community organizations that supply food and warm clothing to those in need. Thanks for riding with us, and we'll see you on the road again soon. <laughs>